cover our bases Face it, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch where it takes us Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our response is amazing Our bases covered, yeah Yeah, you know you love it Our thoughts, they be off of the dome First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather Then you know we bringing it home We cover our bases, face it You can't erase us Back and forth, watch how we shine Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our responses be prime Our bases covered, Woo. Yeah, you know you love it No limits to where we can go So do grab a seat Oh no, this ain't MLB But you know it's time for the show All bases covered, my brother Welcome to All Bases Covered We are here on a Friday night I'm super excited uh, We got actually not, We got quite a bit to talk about, boys uh, how, how we doing, uh, Sam and, and Josh? I'm doing fantastic <laughs> where's, where's our producer? Where's our producer? He's he's fired. He's late. He's fired. Oh, I mean, he was like 20 minutes late last night, so wouldn't be surprised if he's another <laughs> 20 minutes late. <laughs> oh shit, man! It's 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 gonna be a good show, dude. I uh, you know <clears throat> we got we're winding down on preseason football. We got college football starting next Saturday. We, I'm excited for the the real sports to start kicking off so we can stop debating Jordan and LeBron and, you know, other shitty topics that we had to recycle over and over to get us through the off season. Well, that's just because you're on Michael Jordan's dick, dude. I am. I am. I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. Easy there, Josh. Easy. He's just the best player in the world. Ever. Ever. Ever, ever. Um, ever. We might be joined by James later today. Uh, Steve uh, might be joining us, too, uh, at some point. So we will see. Um, I, You know, uh, not sure if they will or not, but it's okay if they don't. Steve, Steve's soul is a little hurt, Josh, because he saw the trophy. <laughs> so, because it's got his name so written all over it. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> we made a last place trophy for the league. Okay. Oh no. I have to. I don't think I have uh, shown it. You should post it on Twitter. What's that? You should post it on Twitter. I'm going to, but I'm going to send this to you guys right now. I'm going to send this to you right now. You can you can zoom in on the uh, on on the uh, inscription. But uh, this is the last place trophy that we have for our fantasy football league. And uh, talking with talking with him, he's like, my soul is hurt. Probably because I didn't oh, buy God. solar off him. He hard falls, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, is this, Joe, is this you on? Yeah, that's me. Okay. Oh, right. he's only he's just fashionably late. That's all. Dude. I don't know what that's about, Peter. Fucking ridiculous. Uh, don't blame uh, the computer. It's just the user. Porn. Don't get all that cum stuck in your fucking keyboard. That's what I told him last night, too. <laughs> That's exactly what I you, said last night. You know, night. sticky keys don't actually have to be sticky keyboards. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just for the record, my keys uh, aren't sticky. Oh. Oh, they're not sticky. It's because it's all crusted over now. <laughs> it's gone down to the wiring of the system. Oh, boy. Oh, Jesus. This show's already going on. It's, it's evaporated now. to semen heaven. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of team in heaven, uh, how about Deshaun Watson and the 11 Good God. eleven game suspension, man? I, I'm telling you, dude. Like, I, does anybody else find it odd or just a bit suspicious that he comes back in time for the Texans and Browns game? Like, his first game back is against the Texans, his old team. Does anybody else find that a little suspicious or too on the nose by the NFL to be like, oh, all right, yeah, well, we're going to up the – Let's let's uh, let's build up the storyline right here. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's yeah, talk about uh, this. I'm just back just in time to face. I, I think I think the fact that he, like, now he's, like, everyone knows the amount of money he was fined to whatever, uh, you know, um, charitable associations. That's a, that's pretty much saying that you know I am guilty. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know, man. I don't think he I, he's still he's done terrible things. I don't I don't know if eleven games is enough, but at the same time, he's gonna have his own mental hurdles that he needs to jump over. And you saw it in preseason; he was like one for five or one for six. He's terrible. Yeah, he's awful. Well, that's awful. because he hasn't played in a year and a half either. So. He's gonna. Struggle. I mean, that could be rust, but that could also be that mental aspect of like, you know, how players come back after uh, after an injury, like a major ACL or something of that sort. They yeah. have oh, a little bit of hesitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that with everything going on in the media, it's gonna take him out of his game a bit. I'm with you, Lou. I think I think it was a uh, a little shocking that it was 11 games, and his yeah. first game back is against the Texans. Like. Why would you want to do that? Why don't you just suspend them 12 games and let them come back the next week? Why, why they the, want the odd 11 games? They want the, they want the, they want the ratings, and, and 11 games is just enough to fuck the Browns and their fucking season, right? Because if you have exactly. Jacoby Brissett, if you have Jacoby Brissett starting for eight games, you know what? If the Browns go four and four, they got a chance to make the playoffs still. 11 games, if they get out to like a 4-7 and seven record, the odds of them going to the playoffs are, are very slim. And so I, I feel like this is what the NFL did. It's, it's enough games to where the Browns probably won't make the playoffs this year, and that's kind of like punishment. And also, but they get to build up the storyline of him coming back and facing his old team. So... Yeah, know. but I mean, I, you're gonna think... you're gonna look at the Texans. They're gonna be a bad team. I mean, who? What kind of oh, range yeah. are you gonna have for two bad teams, though? You, you know, but because it's the storyline, people love fucking yeah. story. It doesn't yeah. matter. I think a lot of people will tune in just to see him play. Yeah, just to see him play and, and see if he goes off against his old team. Like, for instance, Josh, you're a big wrestling fan, right? Obviously, yeah. One WrestleMania match that was huge, but if you watch it now, you're like, this was dog shit because neither the the one guy wasn't very athletic and he was too old and hurt and beat up, and then the other guy just isn't known for his technical wrestling. And but it was the spectacle and the storyline, and that's Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania three. That storyline, the build up. Andre the Giant passing the torch and basically anointing Hulk Hogan as the guy was the, was the story. But if you watch the actual match, it was dog shit. It was a terrible match. It was Hogan goes up to pick up Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant falls on him. He acts like his back's hurt. Uh, Andre the Giant holds him in a bear hug for five minutes. 
And then all of a sudden, Hogan breaks out. He punches Andre. He clotheslines him down. And then he picks up and slams Andre, hits the leg drop, and bam, the match is over. And it was not it was not a great wrestling match by any means. Well, I mean, and that's the but if you go if you go back to go to Andre the Giant, he was he was already hurt. Like he should have never been wrestling at that point in his career. That man is, like. I'm saying you're right, you're right, but it was the storyline building up to that. That's why people Correct. tuned in. That's why it's such a memorable story, such a memorable main event. Not because the actual match was was a classic, and that's what I'm saying with the Browns and the Texans is the stories leading up to it will probably draw ratings for it because people are are interested in the story. The game itself might be dog shit. It's it's the eleventh game of the season. The Texans could very well be two and nine, and the Browns could be like three and eight or four and seven going into that game. But people will still watch because of the storyline. Maybe, or they could just boo the shit out of them like Jacksonville did to them. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. What well, would be even crazier is if somehow Baker Mayfield ends up on the Texans. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> That would, that would have been yeah. Put Baker out there, or let's uh, yeah, let's have a little Cleveland and Houston Texans reunion down there. That would that would have been, you know I don't understand why Houston didn't swing and trade for Baker Mayfield. I mean I, they're really high on Davis Mills. So all right, I mean I guess so if you like your quarterback. And you know what? He's a one year rental. Everyone knows that. Whoever takes him knows that he's a one year rental. Why not right. take him for a year? It's pretty cheap actually. I think. Uh, I think the the Panthers are paying like fifteen of his eighteen million, and the other three million the Browns. I mean, or vice versa. I think the Browns are paying the bulk of it, or I don't know. However, it works out. It's not yeah, a whole the, lot the of money. They're not paying, paying thirty three million. Yeah, I think the, the Browns took the bulk of it. Okay, yeah, the Browns took the bulk of it. So yeah. Um, I feel like Davis Mills has the longest neck in NFL history. I don't know if you've seen pictures of this, but it's the only history. person that beats him out is like Paxton Lynch, man. <laughs> I just I've never seen a quarterback with like a neck so fucking long. I mean Mike Glennon was a, was one of those. <laughs> yeah, pretty long was that was a fucking in the long neck category. But Davis Mills might have him beat. Uh might have them all beat now. Um all right, hey Sam and Josh. Are you guys buying this re- renewed hype for Saquon Barkley? I I'm hearing He's looked very good in training camp. He's looked pretty good in the preseason. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's got a bit of an attitude. Uh, he did an interview, uh, I think, yesterday, pick up the criticism about his running style um, and that he just doesn't think it's an issue. Um, are you guys buying the hype of Saquon Barkley? And I'm looking at Matthew Berry. Matthew Berry has him as his 10th-ranked running back going into this season. For fantasy, Matthew Berry uh, is is a couple seasons past his prime. Then, yes, you know, <laughs> Saquon Barkley sucks, bro. I, I'm telling you, the, the, he's going to be exposed in ways that, and it won't take long. He might have a good game, one or two games, and before they figure out their offensive schemes, I don't know. He's going to, and if he stays playing the same way he plays, he's looking for that home run. He yeah. If he, and I said this before to, to a buddy of mine who's really high on Saquon told him this, if he just plays as a regular running back and picks up his three, four yards, whatever it is, he, whatever he can get, 
right? right. To, to, by the third quarter, he'll have the home run waiting for him. The defense will, will be tired. You'll catch him slipping in the fourth, you know? Exactly. Or, you know, he gets his three, four-yard runs. Then eventually those three, four-yard runs become eight, ten, twelve yards. Exactly. And that's what Derrick Henry – like, Derrick Henry's a huge – guy on that like besides the fact that he's a massive human being but like you look at his first half stats they're like i don't know 15 carries for 55 yards or something like that or 45 yards and then the yeah. second half he has like 18 carries for like 86 yards and two touchdowns right. all of a sudden he's 130 yards and two touchdowns for the game yeah i mean you just as a running back you can't just sit there and dance and hope that every run is is 12 yards or more like you got it yeah you got to take those small runs. And, if, you know, another guy that does that a lot is look at Jonathan Taylor last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, if you look at his stats in the first, I would say, four games last season, he was struggling. He he didn't look all that great. And then he ends the season with 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns. And he averaged 5.5 yards per carry. They upped his carries, and they let him take advantage of the defense when he could. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I also think it's a lot to do with the the offensive lines, too. So, uh, Yeah, I mean, they have a phenomenal You've got a a new quarterback you're bringing in with Carson Wentz, so you're trying to figure out him. Um, So I think it just took a few games for Taylor to get going. Uh, Barkley, I think he showed flashes last year. But yeah. I I don't trust that uh, that Giants offensive line of getting him space. Uh, now can Daniel Jones get him out for a quick uh, screen pass or something like that? Yes, but it seems like Daniel Jones wants to hold the ball and rush instead of instead of taking that shot. So and I that's don't why Tyrod him... Taylor is like taking first team reps right now for the Giants. Yeah. So it makes sense, but I'm not saying Saquon's going to be bad, but I by no means do I think he is the 10th ranked running back going into the season. Um, he's a he's a steal in like rounds like end of round two, I know round three. And I'm, you you forget I'm talking purely just standard, right? So we're not talking receptions, we're not talking heavy receiver load, but third round is a steal for for in a standard league for a running back, a, a starting running back like him. Okay. Um, now the next thing I saw, which I thought was interesting, Mike, is it McDonald or McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins? Is it McDa- Mike McDonald or Mike McDaniel? I can't, I can't remember. Producer. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. They're all, they're all <laughs> stuck. So, all right. Uh, anyway, okay. he was on the Dan Levitard show and he was talking about Tua and I had heard Tyreek talk about it, which I, I, I just took as player speaks just wanted to stick up for his team, uh, teammate. But Tyreek said Tua throws one of the prettiest balls he's ever seen. And then and then McDaniel comes out and reiterates that a couple of weeks later on the Levitard show saying Tua throws a really beautiful ball. It's on point. It's a very catchable ball. Are you, are you buying that, or is it just the Dolphins trying to hype up their young quarterback? Uh a little bit of both. I mean, when he when he was in Alabama, he threw some some great balls. So he's got the arm to do it. Uh, but I also think they're building him up because I mean, what Tyreek Hill came out and said something like, "Oh, he's the most accurate quarterback I've ever played with." Yeah. And now this. So 
I think they're they're throwing him up to build him up. Maybe he is. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I think he is uh, maybe a, a a good deep ball thrower. He throws the ball well, or whatever the case is. Right? He still hasn't shown it on like the larger stage. Yeah. And now he's going into what I see as like a make or break year. So that positive like optimism for your quarterback, that could be also the organization pushing to say, hey, listen, you are actually good, and we need you to play well, and so on and so forth. Because we don't have much, many years of Tyreek's, you know, explosiveness uh, left. You know, he's 28 years old, right? So. Yeah, he's probably got three seasons or so. Yeah. And yeah. he can't rely on that speed when he's like Fitzgerald's age or Bolden's age. Like, he won't even – I don't know if he'll make it that far, but still. Probably not. Probably not. I, I don't know. Tua was – one of the most hyped quarterbacks in college, then he hurt his hip. He didn't really play much as a rookie. Last year he was hurt off and on, uh, kind of was looked like a game manager for the Dolphins. Um, I, I don't think he's really gotten a fair shake. Um, he, I think he only played like six games his rookie year. And then last year he played like, I think, 10 or 11 games. So he played basically, he's played basically a full season in two, two years, one full season. Um, he's got the weapons now. So I, to me, if, if Tua puts it all together, let's just say he has the year that I think some people think he can have, I think he can throw for 4,000 yards and maybe like 20, 25, 28 touchdowns. Um, make the, if the Dolphins make up that line of like 4,100 yards, 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions, I think, I think the Dolphins would be very happy with that. Um, yeah, I, I would say then it's like Tua's breakout year, really. Yeah, for sure. Like, Sam, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but I, I, I'm thinking out loud here. If Tua, Tua's probably ceiling in fantasy football is like quarterback in the 12 to 15 range as a ceiling, top top 15, finishing in, you know, QB 12 to 15, his floor is probably like 18 to 21. I think that's safe. I think that's a safe play because, you know, if you look at the the running backs that they have, they also have a ton of running backs, right? So we don't know who's going to emerge with the job out of there, but I don't think anyone there is capable of, of doing the job just on their own. So, and I think Tua can move a little bit too. If if they're stretching the field, they pull the safeties. Uh, Gazeki pulls a linebacker. I could see Tua take off and run for eight nine yards. You know, yeah, um, and. Or, or run for the first down. So, yeah, I, I definitely think there's an upside, um, you know, available. That I think that upside is what probably might even push him up because of all the weapons he has into that ceiling of 12 to 15, right? Okay. Yeah. I, and I, 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 to your point, you're right. I don't see a single running back there that it's like, okay, we're going to let them carry the ball 250 times for the season that's, and they're right. going to get 1,000 yards. But they do have some speed, though, man. Uh, the running backs, receivers, tight end is fast. They they have speed across the board. They have speed, and I, I, I could see the Dolphins having, like, three running backs that all get 500 yards rushing or more. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, combined, they're a juggernaut, but, like, alone, they all suck. Yeah, exactly. So, like, maybe, like, Chase Edmonds leads them with, like, 750 yards rushing, and then you got Mostert that has, like, 600, and then maybe you got Sonny Michelle who has, like, 510 yards rushing or 500 yards rushing. You know what I mean? And – 
like you said, combined, they're at like 1,600 yards rushing. But, you know, they, they all have their specialties. I think Mostert, if he stays healthy, is probably right. the, the best one. To, yeah, I think he's the one to take the job if there, if there is one person to take the job, right? But, but I think Edmonds is a better receiver than Mostert. And so if Edmonds is like the third down receiving back and he gets like 11 carries a game and Mostert gets like 14 or 15, then I can also see Sony Michelle being more of like the goal line. Goal line guy. Short yeah. yards yeah. back. You know, and so they're all going to have their strengths. But McDaniel comes from the San Francisco system, and you see Shanahan loves his loves his running backs, but it does seem to be that one emerges for Shanahan. Like, he might have four or five running backs in the rotation, but Shanahan tends to favor one running yeah, back. Yeah, and every year it's a different one. Like, last year was Elijah Mitchell. The exactly. year before, I think it was Mostert. Um, yeah. The year before that was somebody else. Yeah. But that's because guys kept getting hurt. That was the biggest problem. And now they spent a third-round pick last year on Trey Sermon. He, was, he looks to be a bust. This year they spent another third-round pick on – who's that guy, Josh? You have him on your team. Gibbons Price, is that his name? Yeah, I think Josh. it's Price. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Price. All right. uh, so we'll see. we'll see what happens there. Interested in seeing what Tua does this season. All right. So I mean, I, got, I think uh, if, he, if oh, go ahead, Josh. Sorry. I I think he can probably be in the top fifteen. I, I think his ceiling's probably ten to fifteen. I think you're selling him okay. just a little short, especially with the weapons now. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. So we've seen Aaron Rodgers. Um. He's once again frustrated. Then they had that meeting. He seems to be frustrated with his young receivers. Is this Aaron Rodgers just trying to light a fire under his under his receivers, or do you not see anything special about these wide receivers? Like I've heard heard so much about Romeo Dubs, um, and then they got Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and Christian Watson and Samari Torre. But is this going to be a season where like AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones leads the team in receiving? You know what's hilarious, dude? I think I'm sorry that it's, it's, someone was going to say something, but I think I think Aaron Rodgers is just—he's like, you guys are going to make me look bad, like for like the first time in my career, I'm going to look like shit because all you motherfuckers—and we just got paid. I just got paid, and I'm going to look like shit if you guys don't get your shit together. You know, um, I don't know if there's a definitive number one that emerges from that group. I think Lazard might have the the inside track because he's yeah. played a little bit longer with him. You never know, man. You might have, because they're saying they're going to do a lot of split work with um, Dylan and, and Jones. Jones might be lining up in the slot and he's good enough to receive, you know, a five, eight yard pass, you know, and turn it. So I, he, he might do something like that. And again, this year, Tanyan's coming back. So, you know, he didn't have him last year because of some injuries. Tanyan's coming back. He might spread the wealth there too. Yeah, but uh, typically yeah. Aaron Jones doesn't like to throw those tight ends that much. I, I think it's like he, he's trying to light a fire under his receiver's uh, asses to okay. like, hey, come on, guys, let's go. You guys got to start putting up. But uh, yeah. to your point before, uh, Sam, uh, it just seems like Aaron Rodgers is afraid that he's going to make make the uh, receivers going to make him look bad. But Tom Brady, he didn't have shit receivers for how many of them Super Bowl runs? 
So there's no excuse. You're a top tier elite quarterback. Prove it with what you have. No, That's but he also a had a quarterback. He had, like, he had a really good coaching staff too, Josh. Tom Brady had a really good OC, a really good head head coach. Um, they made they, they always used the strengths of whatever players they had. I think across the board. I mean that. Oh, that's, I, that's, I agree. And Mike McCarthy but, sucks I mean, balls, bro. As a coach, he's terrible. Yeah. Well, we got he wasn't that here. bad. <laughs> I think we got our boys. Well, all those years in one Super Bowl, you're, you're you should be ashamed of yourself. That's Aaron just Rogers. having an elite oh, quarterback, and you got one. Well, I, I think mean, this is what, Steve 19... calling now. Uh oh. Uh, is this Biggins? Yeah, I'm here. All right, buddy. Hey, how's it going, man? We got we got Steve Biggins, our friend of the show from Apricot Solar. Um, so uh, we're excited to have you, buddy. This is your first time calling in uh, for the show, uh, but you know, I know you like to talk a lot of shit to us, so might as well uh, might as well do it here live uh, on the I show. Do, uh... I do like like to talk shit. That's for sure. Um, yeah, man, just finishing up a uh, just finishing up a uh, Super Solar Friday here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, happy to call in and uh, talk with you guys. Awesome. Why don't you uh, uh, tell us a little bit, Steve, about kind of what you're working on Solar Game here in Cincinnati, and 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 kind of the the products that you're that you're doing. Yeah, man, I uh, appreciate that. So, uh, you know, obviously, you you know my background. I come from a from a sales background, from a, you know, be it uh, in in banking and financial services, and uh, then I was in in tech with Oracle. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was during that time as I was kind of building my career that that I heard a quote from Warren Buffett. And Warren Buffett said that uh, energy deregulation and renewables is going to be the greatest transfer of wealth in our countries, in our generation, in our time. And that's something that really kind of piqued my interest and got me looking into uh, what was going on with renewables and what was going on with solar. Um, What I found was, you know, a market that is, 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 very, very new in that, you know, solar's only been around for uh, a handful of years. The technology has been around for a long time, but as far as adopting it, uh, you know, from a cost perspective for just the average consumer like ourselves, um, that business is very, very new. So uh, when I started researching and looking around, I was looking for, you know, a company that, that I could kind of plant my flag with. Uh, that had the ability to grow and stay in business for a very long time. Uh, And what I found was about 9,000 solar companies out there all kind of doing it their own way and creating a lot of uh, uncertainty in the market for consumers who are wanting to, you know, uh, who are wanting to go solar. And, and Mike, you might want to go solar for a number of reasons. Uh, The number one reason that someone wants to go solar is we're talking about, um, saving money, right? I don't know. Uh, have you experienced uh, some some increased bills recently as far as uh, your electric bills? Not not really, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, we got the, the, the hot tubs no longer here, so our bills come quite down since, uh, especially in the wintertime okay. since that's been... 
so from a usage perspective, then maybe maybe you are one of the few in the in the U.S. right now that's feeling some relief. Uh, but you know, uh, I'm in conversations all over the country. Uh, the company I represent is a, a company called Freedom Forever. That's our installer, and they are one of the first that have been able to achieve what I what I would say is scale in an emerging market. Uh, meaning they've been able to drive the cost down in a manner uh, and build the standard operating procedures across multiple jurisdictions over 30 states now to the point where, uh, you know, I can save someone money the very first month they go solar. And in the past, you were looking at very like a large capital investment. Maybe you would uh, be return on investment positive somewhere in the neighborhood of you know, seven to 12 years after you made a, uh, now we're able to do it. Yeah. Now we're able to do it month one. And, um, you know, from other than the savings perspective, there's the environment perspective, right? Uh, there's been a ton of studies, uh, that have shown, you know, from a, a carbon footprint, how much better solar is on our homes than, uh, you know, sticking with the utility and just fossil fuels. Uh, but the, the last one um, that I think is, is really most important to us is what we call grid resiliency. So I don't know if you know how it works, but, uh, you know, the power that your home is using right now could be coming from very, very far away, right, from where it's produced, from where the coal is okay. being burned. And it's coming through substations, and it's coming through over transmission lines, and it's coming – you know, through transformers, and then it gets to your house. Well, everywhere along those lines, every time it makes a transition or goes through a, a new set of lines or something like that, you know, that's adding cost. And we're bringing it in from many, many, sometimes hundreds of miles away. What we're talking about now is uh, for, for homeowners who solar makes sense for, we're talking about putting the power plant right in your neighborhood. What that does is it makes your neighborhood more resilient, your grid more resilient, because you're going to benefit, your home will, as well as the homes around you, because the electric company is going to take your excess power and sell it to them. And now the power is coming from right within your own neighborhood. Okay? What this okay. is doing for us is creating a much more resilient grid. Now, I don't. did you see the storms that happened in, in Columbus uh, around middle of beginning of or middle of June? Did you uh, remember yeah. hearing that in the news? Yeah. Well, the damage that was done caused, you know, created a situation where they started having to do rolling brownouts, meaning specifically oh. shutting down parts yeah. of the grid and taking That's people's power away. For, yeah, for periods of time. And, yeah. um, you know, that was as a result of a storm. But at the end of the day, we're not that far away from that being normal life in the United States. And there's a couple reasons why. Uh, number one, the utility companies are monopolies that, um, you know, their fiduciary responsibility is to their shareholders, not necessarily their consumers. So they've kicked the can down the road on making improvements to the grid. That's number one. Number two, we're requiring more energy today than we ever have in our history. So uh, I think uh, you have a hybrid or a plug-in? Hybrid. Okay. 
So you got a hybrid. You're, so you're taking advantage of, uh, you know, some of those same gas savings that, that everyone in America should be allowed to take advantage of if they want to. Uh, but as we go more to plug-ins, uh, the strain on the grid just becomes more and more. And we're really we're living in an environment where if something isn't done, if homeowners don't go solar, if we don't get the power plant closer to the neighborhood, here's what's going what's gonna to look like in the very, very near future within the next couple of years. Uh, your HOA is going to come through and talk with the electric company, and they're going to say, all right, you guys on the left side of the street, you guys can charge your cars from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. You guys on the right side of the street, you can charge from 7 to 9, and everybody can charge from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. I don't know about you, but that doesn't seem like uh, – I don't know a ton of Americans that would like to, to be told that. What do you think? <laughs> I don't think I don't believe so either. Not uh, <laughs> people that work like a normal, you know, eight to five job or something. You know, it's like uh, if I have to go to go to work, you know, and I work third shift. How when the when the fuck am I supposed to charge my car? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if you have to charge outside of those time frames for for the issue of convenience or because of how your life's set up. Uh, they're talking yeah. about, you know, instituting crazy penalties for time of use charges. So if you do yeah. plug that car in on the time you're not designated to, you're going to pay quadruple the rate. So, um, you know, these things uh, kind of sounds doomsday-ish, but they're really not. They're they're really right around the corner. It's happening right now in Texas. 20,000 Americans moving to Florida every single day. Uh, it's starting to happen there. Um, you know, and we have, the funny thing is we have a solution. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's already here. Uh, it's just, we can't get the information in front of people fast enough. Uh, and we are dealing with some market forces that don't want us to get the information in front of people at all. Uh, the utilities right. are, are 100% trying to build their solar farms to keep you paying their prices and on their whims and on their increases. Um, there's a lot of money being made. Shoot, the <laughs> the governor of Ohio just got implicated in the uh, in the first energy uh, bribery scheme just this last week. So when we're talking about power, when we're talking about the utility, we're talking about, you know, very, very powerful forces that are working against us. And as homeowners and consumers, you know, it's it's within your right and your ability to be able to take the power back. Um, you know, there's nothing more American to me to me than you know owning the power plant that's on top of the roof you own, that's on top of the land you own, and kind of you know putting some of the control back in your destiny. So, um, you know, I, I'm talking about it kind of in in a big picture sense, but that's that's what I'm out here doing every day. We're we're fighting the rising costs. Uh, we're getting homeowners to go solar. Uh, less than 1% of all homes in Ohio have solar on them. And, you know, we are now, uh, you know, basically bringing on about five new new uh, clients a week. And we could be doing it even faster if we had more capacity, right? So let me ask you a question, uh, Steve. Uh, yeah real quick before we kind of start to go into some uh, sports stuff is if, if people of listeners, uh, if our listeners wanted 
to contact you or request a quote or get some more information, how would they go about that? Yeah, um, I have uh, my Calendly set up. You could go on and you could just book a, a five-minute quick call or a 30-minute, um, you know, Zoom consultation. Uh, it's uh, Calendly.com forward slash Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N dash Biggins, B-I-G-G-I-N-S. And I'd be lo- uh, love to with anyone who has uh, any questions about it, see if it could work. You know, it's not for everyone. It does matter, you know, how many trees are over top of your house. It does matter how old the electric uh, system in your home is. Uh, But those are questions that we can easily vet out to see if it's a viable option. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, if you are listening here or if you download our show later on this week, um, please, uh, if you're interested, uh, reach out to our friend of the show, Steve Biggins, and he will hook you up. Um, so now back to uh, a couple of our sports things, Steve. And, and you know, you're, you grew up in the Cleveland-ish area. Uh, you're a big Cleveland sports fan why don't you tell me about talk to me about the state of some of your Cleveland sports teams? Which which team in Cleveland is going to be, I guess, championship relevant first? Is it going to be the Guardians? Who I think are the Guardians in first place right now? Uh, yes. Okay. So, will the Guardians, the Cavs, or your Browns, your favorite Browns, uh, win a championship first? Who who's coming out of there? Man, it's like uh, I I wish as a Cleveland sports sports fan, just talking about them in a in a situation in a public forum didn't feel so so hard on my heart uh, for for all that we have been in, in Cleveland sports fans and especially what's going on right now with the Browns and and uh, you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that one to the side so. What I like the most and what I've seen the most uh, promising aspect of what we've done is what the Cavs have done. Um, okay. It's pretty remarkable what they've built with a, uh, with a really young, talented core. Um, with Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, like, uh, you know, some of these other high, high draft picks that maybe didn't pan out in other places, uh, like the, uh, the guy, he just went off for 47 over in, like, Overseas, uh, Mark Markin. You know, oh, Larry about? Markin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, from the Bulls. Yeah, high round draft pick, but didn't really do what he was supposed to do with the Bulls. But he's found new life as as a stretch three, um, you know, and stretch That's four. The story the Bulls. That's the yeah, story of the Bulls. If you, ask, if you ask Sam, Sam's a huge Bulls fan, and it it breaks his heart to see all these players that were drafted by the Bulls that couldn't do it there, but Florida. As soon as they leave, they, like, start becoming better players. Wendell Carter down in Orlando starts playing completely differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I well, hate, I mean, it just I hate that. It goes to show you the, the scheme, right? Like, it's got to be a cohesive environment, and that, that's what I feel like Cleveland really has right now is, uh, you know, even overachieving last year, uh, even though they trailed off as injuries mounted. Um, but I, I'd say I'm most excited about that because they play good basketball. Like it's 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 fun to watch, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's they where surprised I'm, a lot of people last year. I think. Oh so yeah. That shows they're they're going in the right direction. 
Yep, they've made made a couple. Uh, they've solidified a couple things this off season too, with some some uh, floor leadership. I think they brought Rubio back um, yeah. after trading him the season. So I would say that's the the number one. Um, you know, I'm fully prepared to be, you know, historically disappointed on Sundays for the next twenty weeks or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> I. That's of epic failure that's going to be, especially because that defense could be a top five defense and those yeah. running backs are top five and you know you know, that little guy Baker, man, whatever he did wrong, he must have been really wrong. Because <laughs> I, I can't see going to the playoffs being a play away from beating the Chiefs to now I mean, what could have happened in in that year? Right, yeah. To make him so unfavorable that they go and do a fully guaranteed deal for someone who's not going to play. It's the fucking ownership, and they're terrible. And honestly, Baker had a terrible season, but his shoulder was banged up all year. But he had a bad season, and I think the Browns just felt like, "Fuck, I don't want to pay know. him." This. Andrew, Andrew Barry, one of the smartest human beings on the planet. I don't subscribe for a sec that he didn't do that without fully wanting to do that for one reason or another. They can't, the Haslam's aren't, don't strike me as that type of, of, of individual. Like Andrew Barry's a smart dude. Like I want that. Okay. I would like to be friends. Um, <laughs> I, um, I just, I can't believe that, that that would be the case. Okay. One, one uh, last question here, Steve, because yeah. uh, I know you're super busy schedule. So I wanted to uh, to talk to you one last thing about LeBron exercise or agreeing to a contract extension two years. So that I think that keeps him in L.A. Sam, you might know the details a little bit better for the NBA, but I think it keeps him in L.A. for at least 2025, I believe. Um, so is LeBron basically like, in his career now that he's not going to win another championship. He's content with where he is, and he doesn't care anymore. He's, what, going into his 20th or 21st NBA season this year. The Lakers right now, as it stands, unless they pull out some miracle move in the next, you know, two months, look like they're going to be another team that that looks like they're going to win 35 to 38 games this year. Yeah, they don't they don't look good at all. You got I think the the grand total is like 97.1 million. The second year of that contract is a player option with like a 15% trade kicker. So like who knows? They're say, he's saying that you know, towards the tail end of his career he'd like to play with his son. So who knows? You know. <laughs> And he, he yeah, just, so, he just uh, refuted uh, some rumors that, that uh, Bronny had committed to Oregon. Oregon, is, yeah. 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 So well, I, I mean, that, so the Lakers that his taking that contract had made him more movable. And I don't, I don't know the, the validity or truth of that, but I had, had read somewhere, uh, it might have been uh, something Windhorse said, um, okay. but that contract actually makes him – a movable piece more likely okay. to end up somewhere else after right. having so you can match salaries when it comes to swapping out players really yeah so um you know hey we'd welcome him back in cleveland again you know i mean you know uh 
the the pain I went through initially when when he left and how he left for Miami, but but obviously we we recovered. He, the man came home and, and uh, was true to his word and brought us a, a championship. And, and when he wanted to go to LA, I was all for it. Go wherever you want, brother. You did what you said you would do. So uh, uh, you know. One more swan song. I'm not against it. Bring Brownie too. Bring them all. Bring Bryce. We're happy to have him. You know, you know, I'm Akron born and raised. So we'll love him no matter I mean, what. I don't think the additions of Lonnie Walker, Damian Jones, Thomas Bryant, and Juan Toscano Anderson are going to get the Lakers close to a championship. I don't know any one of those players. No, exactly. you, I, I, you know what? Uh, you know what championship I think they're trying to get, Louie? What's I think that? they're trying to get uh, our fantasy football loser trophy. That's in uh, currently in Biggins' name. <laughs> oh, by the, the way, I have a shirt that 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 has to be worn during the draft, and it says on it, "I suck huge nuts." But under each bold letter, there's like writing, like I, and it, and it says like it says suck, and then it says at fantasy football. There's like small lettering, but the big bold letters that you can clearly read on the shirt says, I suck huge nuts. Perfect for... Mike, I didn't know that you suck huge nuts, bro. Come on. You should have told us that before. (laughs) I don't don't remember... I don't remember uh, agreeing to any such thing, uh, knowing that (laughs) I am horrible at fantasy football. Uh, (laughs) And just look at that by the fact that I won't draft any AFC North player but a Browns player and I will not and I will not draft any player of any team the Browns play in a calendar year on the schedule there I'm destined to be the schedule for life I don't think I should have to wear balls (laughs) on my chin as a result of that (laughs) by by the way so by the by by Steve's own admission both saying this that means this season off the market for the Browns are any players from the, let's see, the Jets, the Falcons, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Buccaneers, uh, the Saints, uh, the Commanders, and the, and the Texans, and the Carolina Panthers. So uh, you yep. can't – so there goes, you know, obviously he said the North. So no Lamar Jackson, no Joe Burrow, no Jamar Chase, no T. Never. Higgins. Uh Obviously, he won't be drafting Tua or Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. No Josh Allen. No, no Stephon Diggs or Gabriel Davis. No Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Nope. <laughs> None of them. Mike. Don't want them. Don't want no them. I don't want any one of them. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> looks like looks like Steve's starting quarterback is going to be Jacoby Brissett with. The- with a sprinkle of of uh, Javante Adams, maybe, and uh, maybe he can go grab Javante Williams from Denver, or maybe uh, or maybe Michael Pittman from the Colts. It's gonna be yeah, a bad season. I, I'll start with Chubb, and we'll go from there. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll have, well, I'll have the number one running back. I'll have the number one running back. We'll go from there. Okay, we'll see. We'll see where you're uh, picking at here in a couple of days. Here, we'll find out in about in, a, in about uh, in about a week. We'll see where you're picking. So, all right, thanks.
you for joining the show. We appreciate it. Uh, everybody, uh, if you're interested in solar, please give uh, my boy a little shout-out. He will hook you up, and we hope to hear from you soon, Steve. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Sam. Have a good one. Take care. All right, guys. So we got about 11 minutes uh, left on the show. We're going to skip Sam's Chronic Corner uh, per, uh, you know, we I talked with Sam about it uh, here. So he's going to come up with some more stuff. We'll reconvene on the Chronic Corner. Uh, I wanted to do top five Sandler movies, but I don't want to get to it today because I think we have more pressing things. And one of the things I want to talk about, we have 10 minutes, 11 minutes. We'll see how long this last thing goes. But, Josh, I was reading a lot about CM Punk's promo, uh, and you had, you had texted me about it a few days ago, and then I, I watched it. And apparently, just with Adam Page at the beginning, he was punked without warning anybody. And apparently, there's some real-life heat between CM Punk and Adam Page. What is it? And then it was he was apparently the backstage rumors are that Punk has not been happy with AEW, and he, they weren't even sure go up to Dynamite on Wednesday. So what, what's going on with CM Punk? Uh, CM Punk's being CM Punk. So I, I, was, okay. I read a lot of that that you were just saying, and I actually uh, I was reading another article today, and Triple H did a promo with CM Punk laying out exactly what's going on in AEW with CM Punk right now. Hey, if, if the storyline doesn't benefit you, then you get mad. You start you start getting upset and start acting like a baby, and that's exactly kind of what it sounds like he's doing at AEW. Um, I, guess, fucking... I guess a lot of the – well, I, I think a lot of the heat comes back to Colt Cabana. Uh, there were the whole lawsuit between CM Punk, Colt Cabana, Colt Cabana, whatever his name is. Uh, he used to be very close, like, though, right? He, they used to be very close, and then the whole lawsuit when he left WWE with that doctor. Uh, so in, when CM Punk came to AEW, then you, you quit seeing Cole Cabana, right? And then they yeah. start the feud with Adam Hangman Page, where Hangman Page was kind of in the dark order, and Cole Cabana was in that. So I think there was a lot of friendship going on between the two because they were working uh, together for six months, seven months before – and Punk came in the picture, right? So yeah. I think there was animosity between that because CM Punk did not want Cole Cabana around him or in AEW. That's kind of why he's moved to Ring of Honor. And I think that was one of uh, Hangman Page's promos, and that hit a core with CM Punk, and that caused a lot of issues. Uh, and then CM, CM Punk didn't want to get beat by Hangman Page. And that's why everybody thinks that's the reason why they put the belt on Punk. Uh, but yeah, AEW had no idea that he was gonna that put that promo out against Hangman Page. Um, but some think it could be could be part of a storyline, and I, and it would be kind of interesting because all of a sudden they moved uh, John Moxley, uh, CM Punk to next week's Dynamite, right? Uh, and that was going to be for all out. Yeah. yeah, that was supposed to be an all-out in Chicago. So here's where the shoot could happen is do they – Adam Hangman Page doesn't have a match for that pay-per-view yet. So do they uh, insert 
a, a triple threat or a triple threat match, or could it be a four a fatal four way to where we finally see the reemergence of uh, MJF? Okay, that would be okay. interesting. That, that I did read that too. That could be a possibility. Uh, bigger plans. So I don't know. It, it's very interesting in AEW right now. It is. Well, apparently there's just a lot of backstage drama AEW overall. Um, yeah, and that, I think that's why Cody Rhodes left, too, is because of all the politics that's going on in AEW. I think uh, Tony Khan has kind of turned to Vince McMahon, but a little bit worse is what I've been reading. Or is he so, or is the Eric Bischoff? Remember now, this is how WCW went down the drain. WCW started relying on strictly ex-WWE guys coming over. They lost their young talent. They, you know, if you look at it, they started bringing over, like, Kurt Henning and and Rick Rude, and then they had Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash, and, and they ruined the push of Goldberg. And they relied, were relying on Rick King and Rick Flair. Oh, hold on. Sorry, guys. I got to mute whoever that is. Um, but they, they started relying on all, all these older guys. And meanwhile, their young stars – left WCW to go to WWE, the Giants, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho. They they all left before WWE bought them. And so I, I think AEW is making similar mistakes. They're going after all these ex-WWE guys, but meanwhile they're homegrown stars like Adam Page, like Orange Cassidy, like uh, Darby Allen, and some of these others are starting to go by the wayside in favor of, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and and a bunch of other guys and and now they got Claudio Castiglio and I think wasn't FTW weren't they in WWE or in Next for a long time before before coming to AEW Josh who was it TW or FTR yeah FTR was in in uh, NXT and WWE and they absolutely hated it but it, yeah. it sounds like they're having issues with uh, the Young Bucks right now. That's because FTR holds, like, all the tag team titles. I think they hold, like, uh, the AEW tag team titles and, like, the New Japan tag titles and maybe even Ring of Honor tag titles. No, they so, they have Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan, and AAA. They don't have the AEW titles yet. Okay. Okay. So, I just – I don't know. I feel like AEW is making a lot of mistakes that we saw WCW make. And right now, now that Triple H is back in charge – I feel like WWE, their shows, Raw has been very, very good as of late. Yeah, I'll have to agree. I, I, I like the, the storylines. Uh, the promo between uh, Kevin Owens and uh, Drew McIntyre, that thing was fucking fire, man. That was great yeah. promo by Kevin Owens. Uh, the intensity that you've seen on Drew McIntyre was just unreal. So yeah. that's the type of stuff that gets you excited about matches is, is that fire. It seems like it's back. Uh, that seemed like it was lost the last few years. So hopefully, like yeah. I said, tri- I think Triple H was going to be the answer to Vince McMahon. And now we're seeing it. The shows are a lot better. Yeah, I think McMahon had just kind of lost touch. He was, I mean, he was getting old. How old was Vince McMahon? Like 78? Yeah, 78. 
77, 78? Uh, he's 76. Sorry, he's 76. But uh, his birthday is coming up next week, so he'll turn 77. He's going to be turning 77. And I just think at that point in time, he's just – you start to not have it at a certain age. You stop being the visionary, and you kind of just fall into whatever's working. If it's not broke, don't fix it. And WWE was still making money hand over fist, and he became all about pleasing the network executives and, and you know – didn't want to use the word wrestler anymore. They were sports entertainers, and no, you know, no, nobody's going for that shit at all anymore. Like that's why AEW is popular. That's why Next was so popular, and Triple H realized that, and so now he's kind of going back to how things were. And so we'll see. We shall see what happens. Um, Sam, are you going to be watching the UFC fight this weekend? We got Usman versus Edwards, too. This uh, looks to be like it's going to be shaping up to a, to be a pretty good fight. Yeah, it looks very, very promising. I think the, the promos look good. Uh, Usman's he's one of the best right now. Uh, he, he's kind of cementing his spot as one of the top in, in the history of the, of the UFC. So He's uh, only... He's only lost one fight, correct? Yeah, yeah, only one fight. Yeah, uh, it, it's pretty amazing, and he's faced like good competition over the years. Yeah, very good, very good competition. Um, I let me ask you, uh, Sam, because I feel like the person there's another fighter, and I think he's just one weight class up. That's um, Israel. Uh, what's his last name? Adesanya. Adesanya, yeah. Is he he's middleweight, correct? Yeah. So. Um, Adesanya is is like uh, so you, that's your Anderson Silva. Wait, yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering, could we see Usman maybe go up and wait and fight Adesanya? Oof. Okay, so I mean, here's the deal. Uh, Adesanya moved up to fight at light heavyweight, and he got his ass handed to him. Yeah. Okay, but because he fights at middleweight right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, um, Usman can definitely. Can definitely 110 percent he can pull off like a weight gain to do uh to do these things but i don't know man i don't like the concept of moving like your lower weight classes into higher weight classes because i feel like you you never see the results you're looking for so like if you go from like a light heavyweight to a heavyweight so you're going from 205 to like now you, you're 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 already a big body, but like you can get, fit into a heavyweight suit pretty easily. Okay. But I think it's a good it's a good promo for the uh, for the company to do that matchup because it's two marquee uh, you know uh, title holders in, in in the company going at it. But uh, Usman would definitely be giving up a lot of size. He's six foot. Uh, out of sign is like six foot four, six foot five. Yeah, he, he'd be giving up a lot in reach, but like. Usman punches differently too, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Usman, to your point, you you said he's beat everybody, and he has. He's beat Colby Covington twice. He's beat Masvidal twice. He's beat Gilbert Burns, Tyron Woodley, Rafael Desanos, Damian Meja. So he he's you name it, he's he's fought him. He, and he he's fought Leon Edwards, although that was a long time ago. That was his second fight at, at right. UFC. Yeah. Leon Edwards. That was back in 2015. So, 
He gets him again. Leon Edwards has been on a hell of a streak as of recently. And I, honestly, Sam, do you remember when we first did this podcast? Uh, yeah, well, you were talking about how much you liked Edwards. And I, we talked about how I thought Edwards deserved a shot, and now here we are probably about, you know, 10, 11 months later, and, and he's getting that shot. So um, Edwards has been, like, uh, on a hell of a hot streak. Um, he hasn't lost a fight. He had a no contest back in March of twenty March of twenty twenty one, but he hasn't lost a fight since fighting Kamaru uh, Kamaru Usman back in two thousand fifteen. So he yeah, he's not, got a, he's got a pretty pretty impressive streak going too. Really, yeah. I mean, he's in in that in this streak, he's beat Nate Diaz, Donald Cerrone, uh, Rafael dos Anjos. So it's you know. This should be a heck of a of a pay per view. Um, I'm not really sure what the rest of the undercard looks like. Uh, I think uh, you know Paulo Costa and Luke Rockhold should be a good fight. Oh, uh, Jose. I Aldo. think they're both washed, man. Costa's on his last contract. I know we're at the end of the show and we're kind of overrunning, but we never get to talk MMA. So I mean, yeah. I think I think Costa is, is past his time. It's his last fight, and okay. I think um, uh, with uh, who else did you mention is on the undercard? Uh, uh, Luke Luke Rockhold is way past the time. And, and Jose Aldo, he's thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. Aldo was nothing. Uh, really think... steps up on the on the undercard that looks really good. I I do like the prelim actually. One of the one of the prelim fights. I like Marcin Tibera against Alexander Romanov. That's okay. a heavyweight matchup. Okay. All right. Um, I, yeah, I, think, I, I think Louis. I think Louis doesn't like to yeah, talk uh, MMA anymore because his best friend. Well, left one of his best friends left him for uh, a girl in Canada, and and stopped talking to him. Because we used to we used to get to, together almost every week and to watch the MMA fights. Not anymore. Yeah, we got like a lot. Then he started acting like a little baby back bitch, and uh, <laughs> that was uh, the end of that, huh? Speaking of fights getting together, if if it goes down, if it gets signed, we are all getting together. For the for the Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence fight, that Ooh, that, that sounds fight. like a that sounds like a you know a big draw. That's a great fight to watch. That's a great fight, and they're talking right now. They are talking. Uh, they're trying to get a deal done. Um, so I if, if we get if we get Crawford versus uh, Spence any time in the next six months, we are all getting together for that. That, that, Sounds that, like a deal. Sounds like an all bases covered, uh, you yeah. know, uh, out of office meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, guys, that is all the time that we have. Uh, it's been a great Friday show. Thank you to our guest Steve for coming on, talking a little solar, uh, talking a little Cleveland sports. Uh, we got. Uh, I, I'd say next week. Also, oh, I got some news for you guys. We're 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 looking to to actually get to line coach for Alabama. That would be huge. That would be his boss is Bill O'Brien. He is like 22 years old. He's the assistant to Bill O'Brien, like pretty much under him, more or less. That would be that would be fantastic. We would yeah. love to do some football. I'm working on the on on the specifics, and uh, I'll, I'll keep you guys updated. Okay. And then next week we got two. I think both our shows next week are going to be pretty big because college football starts next week, next Saturday. And so we are. Let me see if I can get them for Friday. That would be awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm also working on a uh, a semi. He used to be a semi pro wrestler, 
uh, went by the name of Gotti, uh, the okay. other dark meat. Uh, I'm still working on him. He's trying to get his schedule cleared up, but uh, I want to bring him on and talk a little wrestling because he actually was involved awesome. in wrestling. That's awesome. Perfect. Look at us. We're broadening our own horizons without sponsors. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. But hopefully we got some sponsors lining up in the pipeline here soon. So on that note. Hey, I'm trying it with this butt, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. One butt or the other. Guys. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know Everybody have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. Thanks, everybody. We cover our bases, basic. You can't erase us. Back and forth, watch where it takes us. Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it. Always our response is amazing. Our bases covered, yeah. Yeah, you know you love it. Our thoughts, they be off with a dome. First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather. Then you know we bringing it home. We cover our bases, basic. You can't erase us. Back and forth, watch how we shine. Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it. Always our responses be prime. Our bases covered, whoop.